We don't have a cold opening. But I've got a hot We're fact. reminded of... Uh, whose song was it? Poison. Poison. Brett Every Michaels. rose Brett has its thorn. Yeah, yep. that sounds about right. Brett Michaels. Um, it's not worth going into how he arrived at that, but... Not at all. The phrase, every rose has its thorn, was muttered. Luke had a striking fact to share. Yeah. Um, roses don't actually have thorns. Roses have prickles, botanically speaking. Right. So, are you calling Brett Michaels a liar? Yeah, definitely. Did you ever watch Rock of Love? No, I, I've probably seen YouTube clips and stuff like that, but I never watched it. When I, I feel like in, um, in lieu of us actually having a cold opening, you've learned an awesome fact. Uh-huh. Go Google That's Rock of Love. That's not going like to be your pause. recommendation, is it? No. Okay. Pause what you're doing now. Okay. Pause us. Go watch a clip of Rock of Which Love. Which one? Which clip? Or oh, just any clip? I don't know. I used to watch it um, like weekly. Did you? Yeah. Okay. It was on do you like have like, a, is there a go-to clip they should go and look at right now? No, I don't know. Cause I just just saw whatever it all. you do, like, Rock of Love. It's not like I saw it on YouTube and went, ha, oh, that looks funny. I just saw it all. Okay. All right. So um, let's just give him a chance to go and Google right now. Hang oh, on a hang second. on. But before oh, okay, I, sorry. One, one thing I'd like to add about Rock of Love is that I think, because it's like a bachelor situation, but I think he stayed in the house with them. Right. So basically when the cameras went off, he was just banging them all. Why wouldn't you? Brett Michaels. It's so like... We got a gaggle of women there who wanted to bang Brett Michaels. Yeah. And they put him all in a house. It was just a... Vying for his attention. Yeah. I probably kind of want to go watch more of that tonight. Do you though? Yeah, I really do. Um, All right. So go and check it out. We'll give you a few seconds. Welcome back. <laughs> Wasn't that entertaining, that <laughs> Brett Michaels? Yeah. So, um, they're th- they're uh, prickles and not thorns. Is that right? Yeah. What constitutes that? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think where yeah. they are on the uh, leaf. All right. That feels oh, pedantic. On the, on the um the thing. yeah, it really feels pedantic and not worth bringing up. No, I think it's interesting. How are you going, Dave? Well, yeah, you. I'm good. I'm a bit less. I'm a bit put off by that fact. It's thrown you. I don't you. like it. No, I just don't like it. Yeah. It's a prickles on a thorn. Same difference. No. What do you run? If you're, hey, put yourself in Brett Michaels' shoes. What do you run with prickle? Rose. All right. I mean, because prickle would be even harder to run. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, especially if you're Brett Michaels, limited capacity. Ooh, shots fired at yeah. Brett Michaels. Yeah. yeah. Come at me, Brett Michaels. Can't wait for the response. We're we just going into our show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're at Temple Brewery Brewing. Temple Brewing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were actually here last week. Friday? Thursday last week? Uh, Thursday last week. Before Good Friday, I believe. Yes. Um, I hope everyone's Easter was wonderful. How was your Easter? Fine. Yeah, my I ate uh, on mon- Easter Monday. The only thing I really do that's Easter related is um, eat at least two hot cross buns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tick. Well, oh. there's an interesting story behind that. Mm, I don't want to say interesting. There's a story behind that. Um, I went to buy some and the bakery was sold out of hot cross buns. This was on Easter Saturday. Because uh, it was a fancy bakery or just a No, just bakery. Baker's Delight. Yeah. I think it's all it was. Um, and oh, I went at like four in the afternoon. So, I mean, right. I can't well, really... Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I went on Easter Sunday. I said, can I please have... Asked for four. Can I get four hot cross buns? And they said, "Well, you can. We have bags of six. And I went, "Okay, doke." So I grabbed a bag, and uh, she said, "Were they being obtuse, like an English teacher? Like, well, you can, but you may not, because we only have six. No, she was just leading me into an easier thing for her to do. I assume, right, okay. because rather than her having to get four, I just grabbed a bag from a different location. And she said, as I was grabbing one bag, she went. Well, there's $7 a bag, or you can get two for $10. So, obviously, I got two bags. Of See, at that hot point, I'm <laughs> out. Like, you've, just, you've, made, you've brought too many scenarios into this. <laughs> okay, well, have I, once you hear the rest of the story. So, this was on Sunday. Just so I could tick my Easter tradition, I, I was ticking like a sign language then, in case you didn't understand yep, what I yep. was talking. Um, 
Yeah, Easter Sunday I had two with a cup of tea. Perfect. What a way to finish. That yeah. I would have been happy with that. Monday came around, uh, which was a public holiday. Wasn't at work. Hadn't washed any clothes or gone and bought any food. Didn't have any food in the house. So for breakfast, hey, Can hot I cross buns. Cross. I had two hot cross buns and a cup of tea. Uh, that continued for the rest of the day. And the only food that I ate on Easter Monday was hot cross buns. Excellent. Yeah. What a way to live. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. All right. Living the dream, huh? I only had two. Um, yeah. Emma got me two. And didn't do, you, tell me do you do like an Easter thing though? No. no. I, well, our Easter thing growing up was mum would just make hot cross buns. Right, okay. And just make like three batches and my brother and me would just Tomorrow devour yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and then I used to make them uh, when I was out flatting and stuff. Um, and then I just kind of stopped. And now we have really, really good bakeries. Remember a couple us, of so years ago, I think you made the batch with some beer. Yeah, it's possible. Definitely. Yeah, okay. I, I, I always you might have had a story about in it. In the lead up, I talk about it. Oh, yeah, this year I'll make them again. Because homemade hot cross buns. I thought I think I remember it was a, a kind of a fun beer that you made it with. But it's uh, not yeah, that I can't important. Remember. Yeah, that's fine. It probably would have been, knowing yeah. me. Anywho, um, happy Easter. And, and the root of that story was we're back here at Temple. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, because we were here for the uh, comedy thing. Yeah, so uh, listener um, Will Zeeble put on a, he works for a Melbourne Brewery Company. Melbourne Brewery Tours? Melbourne Brewery Tours, yes. And they have a comedy festival event. There's still two more uh, weeks of it to go. And they invited us along. And I had a really good time, Dave. It was great. It was really good, yeah. If I was being honest, I was a little bit sceptical. Brewery tour and comedian. I thought it could go either way. Definitely. Uh, And I was more sceptical than you were. And that's, yeah. uh, That's about right, though. I think we're both pretty sceptical. Yeah, fair enough. We're both pretty, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but we're hard to please with beer and with comedy, I think. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so, a <laughs> brewery comedy tour was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a challenge. Two people with many opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really good time. It was we went to... Very good, yeah. Started at Beer Lux, went to Moondog, really enjoyed the beers there, really enjoyed the pizza there. Mm-hmm. Ate more than enough pizza that yep. I... I could have eaten. I couldn't have eaten more. And there was, there was more, more pizza left, and I was full. So yeah. Yep. And then came here, drank a paddle, and um, another and beer. All the beers tasting really good as well. Yeah, at Temple. Definitely. Um, and saw three comedians. I fucking I laughed. A it lot. was very good. Yeah. Two of them. I. It was a tough room as well. So yep. like, uh, they probably weren't in the best environment for them, hmm. but they did very. Oh, very they nailed well. it. Yeah. Um, and I left thinking. Wow, that was a really good night. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. So if you're in Melbourne, um, I think it was 150 bucks, which does, again, I thought, well, that's a bit pricey. But when I looked at it at the end of it, and I had dinner, I had more beers. Like you all had beers. all the transport to every venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the comedians who was hosting the event was with you on the bus, hmm. cracking wise and yep. uh, enjoying some beers. Genuine knowledge of the beers as well, so that wasn't just like a yeah, half-hearted attempt at uh, trying I to combine two things. Yeah, And I think he realised pretty quickly that he was talking to mostly a crowd that knew a little bit about beers. So yeah, kind of he kind of adjusted himself. Yeah, which yeah. was great. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's a, a tough tough crowd. So He definitely started trying to educate a little bit on beer, yeah. and then when he sort of felt what the crowd was like... He's Backed off that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I would recommend doing it yeah, if you're it in Melbourne. Um, it was very, very. It was a great evening. Yeah. Two more weeks to go. Um, yeah, good times. Cool. How do we get? How do we uh, find Melbourne Brewery to us? Uh, I'll put a link on the show notes. Okay, great. Uh, be part of the. Uh, it's called Beer Makes Me Funny. Yeah. Um, part of the Melbourne Internationally International Comedy Festival. Look at the festival website, or just I reckon if you Google Melbourne Brewery to us, you're probably going to be halfway there. Oh, I reckon. Um, oh, also, Dave, you and I got together and had a few beers the other week. The day after that, I yeah, believe that. I believe you. Yeah. Um, probably On a few Good too many Friday. beers. Yep. What and did we do? You have to remind me. Ate some chili. Oh, we did, of course, at your place. Yep. And we had Stockade Brewery beers, who I hadn't heard of before. Well, I'd heard of in passing, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I had. Um I don't think I'd heard of them before. And so they were kind enough to send us some samples. Uh, hashtag freebies. I don't know. And what do we I have? I think you have to have a hashtag in a uh, podcast. No, that's you. how it works these days. Is it? Yeah. You just it's say it. Yeah. All right. Um, and what do we have? A hoppy lager, a goza, a pale and a, a golden. 
Yeah, and all of them were very good. Yeah, the Hoppy Lager really was good. Hoppy Lager was delicious. The Ghost, it was the ghost very was really good as well. Yeah. Um, Keep them on your radar. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you happen to see them, pick them up. I don't know if it was just... Do they do f- mixed four packs or was it just the way it came to I think to it was us? just a sample. Uh, um, but, like, v- delicious. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, definitely. I just don't think I've seen them since then. I don't even know if they've seen beers to... Where are they from? New South Wales. Oh, right. Okay. So, our New South Welsh... Uh, listeners are probably all over it, but Definitely. if you see them around Vic, give them a try. Because I, I think they've rebranded recently. They maybe had a James Squire look. Oh, um, I see. And the rebranding of, is cool. Yeah, I think they're good. Yeah, there is the the clip art logo. Well, you picked that up. I didn't really. Yeah, get that. I guess there's a running joke of um, there's a Tumblr website which is your logo is not hardcore. Oh, that yeah, that is. And so, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a great look, but hey, the beers are good. Yeah, the beers are good. Beers are so good. That's really just being a nerd about things to it get is, angry. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, New South Wales, Sydney Beer Week um, is fast approaching. Yeah, yeah. And so we got a press release, um, which I might actually put on the Facebook about it all. We would like to hear. We'd like to hear what people are excited for this Definitely. year. Definitely. When you uh, have a look at the program, shoot us a message. Um, send us a little voice recording of what you're interested in. Send us a video. Oh, yeah. Put it in negative. Send Lucas Snapchat. Yeah, send me a snap. Tim, get at me on snap. Yeah, Tim. Uh, is it your best snap, mate? One of them. All right. Oh, right. Actually, there's, there is a hierarchy okay. of... Um, we don't need to go into this. Okay. All right. uh, I've been doing top five, speaking of beer weeks, of Melbourne Good Beer Week on the website. I've done two. I'm going to do three more, I think. Is that um, one per category of events? Yeah, I don't yep. think I'm going to do Beer 101 just because they're all kind of, I don't know. If you're a Beer 101 person, we don't like you. Yeah. So we're not basically. focusing on w- what is important to you. It's just going to be a rickroll, that one. No, I just kind of looked at it and went, well, I, don't, I can't really do top five for this because they're all pretty similar. So um, but the first two, I thought I uncovered some really interesting events that I was genuinely interested, mm-hmm. genuinely interested in. So yeah, check it out. What was the one that's just like fun? What was that one? Like the way the poker, what's that category? Oh, good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that piqued my curiosity. Yeah, there's else, some yeah. the the events for that. The golfing one sounded a lot of fun. I didn't even re- realize that um, one. Where is it? It's at Melbourne's eastern suburbs premier craft beer venue. Uh, Where's the golf? Which this place borders on a golf course. I'd never heard of it. Mr. Wolf, in Ringwood. Okay. I looked at their tap list. It's what's which golf course is it? The Ringwood Golf Course. Ringwood golf Course. I've never played there. Are you a golfman? Yeah. Yeah, right. Is it a weekend? I think so. Um, basically, it's nine holes, and you, uh, along the way, between each hole, there's a, a brewer slash or a supplier to have a chat, fill your glass, go on to the next hole. Sounds like a f- That's actually fun great. Day. Yeah, that's great. Um, it didn't say what brewers there were, but to be honest, I wouldn't really give a shit. No, no, no. That's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll just go on a little... Uh, tangent here for a second It's not too much of a tangent It's about golf and beer When I was in Acapulco We played the <laughs> No big deal It's not that nice um, yeah. That's where the drugs come in From Cuba From everywhere I guess from Oh so it's really nice then Depends where you go Yeah uh, But there's a beautiful Beautiful golf course And um, I played that And A condition of play At the Acapulco Resort course Is um, You have to have a caddy which the court, the club obviously you have to supplies. bring it. Oh, okay, they supply yeah, it. and uh, this guy that we got um, was—he'd been a caddy for thirty-five years, wow. so he knew the course backwards. You can understand. So, part of his duties—I don't know if everyone did this—but because we're uh, thirsty Australians, every two holes he would take the cart and go back to the concession stand and get a six-pack for us. And it was like the the golf cart had a little like fridge in yeah. it, so we had. I mean, the scores weren't great, yeah. but such was his knowledge of the course. Once we got to the green, he'd go, "Yeah, don't hit it too hard. Aim here," and he'd like point to where to aim on the green. And if you hit it the way he said it, it was in the hole. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so that's some of the fun you can have uh, if you combine having a couple of cold beers there are carts golf. carts for hire at the golf course Ooh. apparently so I don't know if there's a guy that's going to go and get you a six pack but you're going to get a few beers along yeah, the way well no but you wouldn't have to because people are there between holes yeah exactly 
Uh, that sounds like good fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. I am terrible at golf. Like, golf would be one of the. We should go and play pitch and putt sometime. Yeah, there's one it. not f- far from my house. All right, it's good fun. Yeah, I did, we did mini golf recently. Mini golf for children. You know, I, I love, I love yeah. mini golf. Yeah, okay. um, I mean, I, I do it all the time, but yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not golf though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, when there's a golfing event for Good Beer Week, we're just. It's interesting. Good Beer Week is going in leaps and bounds. If that that, that sort of thing's being delivered, Pink Boot Society um, are coming up. Uh, with their Gabs Brew Day mm-hmm. here in Melbourne. Uh, at, uh, at Mountain Goat. Oh, is it a goat, is it? Yep. Cool. think we're going to do a special podcast there. And when I say we, not you or not I, uh, but our former producer. Leaf out of the um, George Langlands Phil Cook book. Yes. Um, we'll me- maybe we'll mention them after this. Right. Uh, you've just reminded me. It wasn't shutting you down from that. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence. Yeah. Did you hear a full stop? <laughs> I didn't. So why are you jumping in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to send Emma along to chat to a couple of the Pink Boot Society members. Cool. Uh, which is the all-female brewery or collective. Because men don't wear pink boots, so we're not allowed in there. Yeah, I would be. I don't think boots, that's what their point is, but um, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get her along to, to have a chat to a couple of them. and, and do a Also, we get to release an episode and I don't have to, have to do anything, so... I have to edit it. I know. Yeah, that's why I said I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of Phil and George, um, too long-term friends of the show. Uh, I think they've been on the show and w- I've been on their show. Mm-hmm. They've been on the show when I was in Wellington. Right. Nirvana. Right. Was George there? Yep. Right. Yep. Just a shady memory, that's all. Yeah. Yep. Um, They've just relaunched their yes. podcast, which has been sporadic over the years anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, new fatherhood will yep. do that to a person, I guess. Won't yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. I haven't actually listened to you. Listened yeah, to I listened it. to it. It was a good episode. Oh, yeah. cool. It was yeah. good to have him back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, just sense of familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have um, other beer podcasts out there, particularly local ones. Yeah, and I think since then, um, Phil's sort of like launched, I mean, more into being on the bartender side of things yeah. so that's a different perspective altogether so Great. That's um, good. yeah no we, we, we like those boys go and listen to the beer diary podcast if you don't normally um speaking of podcasts so we're at temple doing a podcast obviously coming up you're going to hear us chatting to glenn the the head brewer mm-hmm. uh, and they we didn't really go into the business of temple we know it's kind of been a long-running Issue. Probably um, people that listen to this have followed along um, as it happened. Mm. Uh, also, Radio Brews News spoke with Glenn not too long ago. I spoke with Glenn. They also spoke with Nick and Wags, the, the who looks after sales, mm-hmm. and, and Nick's the owner. So there has been a, a storied history of Gabs. Uh, oh, sorry. Of Temple. Gabs, of Temple. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't really want to go into that. So have a listen to the... We don't need to tread over old grounds already. Um, so yeah. yeah. And I guess we were fans of the old Temple. We're fans of the new Temple. That's probably about as much as we would like to say about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the what else is on the list? The Two more things. Bright Brewery. I thought this was an April Fool's joke. Did you see... No, I didn't see any uh, posts from them. So they... I tapped out of social media. It's just torturous. Oh, I couldn't. Horrible. I just couldn't do it. So they... Everyone's lame. <laughs> April Fool's jokes aren't funny. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a funny one? Uh, I enjoyed some of the reaction to Crafty's. Yeah, but that's because people are dumb. Yeah. Anyway, let's not go into that. All right. Um, so they have f- a friend of ours, Scott Trifle. Trifle? Trifle. Trifle. I imagine. Two Fs. Yep. Yeah. Um, he does sort of cartoons. He's an artist. Yeah. yeah, monsters. And he did monsters for them for like a kid's worksheet. So it's like an IPA monster and a porter monster. And What is the worksheet? What is that? So when you go to the, the brewery. Oh, like a colouring thing. Color in. Amazing. Yep. yep. It's a very, very family-focused venue, so yep. that anything that helps is great, yeah. So, unfortunately, someone complained about that. What happened? Uh, that it was kind of marketing beer to, to children. And there were a kind of grey area, a lot of grey areas yeah. around that. So now that I think about it, I sort of probably get the get where they're coming from. But I can like, see that, but... I can see a link, Yeah. but I don't think any kid's going to make a connection. Anyway, so they've, they've stopped. They've had to stop doing that now. Um... Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Maybe I really like Scott's art. It's it's fun. It is very fun. Yeah. Fun monster. So let's put a link to his artwork on That'd the, be good. the site. Um, and yeah, 
support Gee, him now that yeah. he's uh, can't do IPA monsters anymore. He would could do he just IPA could he just like not call them after beers? Yeah, probably. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah, don't know. The last thing who I complained? Oh God, I, I want know. names. You're at a brewery, like. Hey James, I know you're listening. Give me some names. <laughs> the last one I have, uh, I don't want to talk about. I put it on my website. There's a story about it. The fucking CUB McCracken's beer. We did, yeah. I don't even know why. I put done it to down. death. Yeah, yeah, done to death. All right. Um, enjoy the interview with Glenn. It's a good one. Um, and we'll see you on the other side with yeah. some recommendations. Uh, we're sitting here at Temple with, with Glenn, the head brewer. Yep. Hello. How's it going? Going very well, thanks. Yes. You've taken time out of washing kegs to chat to us. Yeah, I thought I'd get away from the glamour of cleaning kegs. Let some of the young bucks take over some of the more glamorous duties of keg washing. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think you need to show the young ones what yeah that it isn't all about just drinking beer and talking about beer. There is actually the the non glamorous side of brewing as well. Is it mostly the non glamorous side of brewing? Oh yeah, brewing is 90% non-glamorous. Um, I guess my job, you know, because I've been doing it for a while now, probably is a bit more glamorous than if I was just starting. But yeah, I still clean kegs, still clean tanks, still jump on the bottling line and spend 10 hours bottling beer. So that's not going to change anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah, speaking of uh, bottling beer, uh, we're drinking, Dave and I are drinking the Power Stance Pilsner. Are you drinking that as well? No, I'm actually drinking the Bicycle. Oh, it's great. My, it's just my go-to, 4.2%. It's a good little go-to beer. Bicycle... Um We'll talk about Pilsner in a second, but the bicycle, did that used to have salt it still as does, a prominent It, it still does have salt in it. Um, it's not a major, you know, it's, it's not a major thing. We don't, you know, sing it from the treetop saying, look, it's got salt in it. Um, but it does, it does give the beer a little bit. It does give a little bit of a quenchy and a little bit of a palate weight as well. So it is something that is quite unique, but like I said, not something that we really just overly push and overly promote, but it, yeah. it still definitely do use it. I feel like it. if you push something like that in your beer... It's got to be really present and complimentary, otherwise mm. people will get mad at you. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't get the salt in this. What the hell? Oh, so. and, and it's one of those things. Most people don't pick it up until you say, "Oh, salt," and they go, "Oh, yeah, I can really Definitely taste it." You big go, "Salt notes." No. Yeah. And in all honesty, there's been times when I've forgotten to add the, I've forgotten to add the salt. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it is only a small, like it is a very small amount. Yeah. Um, there has been times I've forgotten to add it as well. So. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I don't know when it first came out, the salt was quite often mentioned in the the media or when people were drinking it you know and i was having it the other night and couldn't yeah couldn't really pick up that much salt in there so yeah look it's definitely i think I, I have cut it back i mean i've changed when i took over i did change all the recipes um the only two beers that were here were bicycle at any time and i've tweaked i tweaked them both you know, probably more to my my liking and my tastes um yeah but like i said i kept the salt but i've reduced the amount of salt and yeah it, it is there but it's not it's definitely not what this beer is about. It's not. A, it's not a salty beer. It's just. A, it's got a little bit there, just for just to add a little bit of flavour. Um, what have you changed with any time? Um, mainly just. I guess I probably just simplified it a bit. Um, yeah, made it a little bit more. I mean, we still keep most of the hops in it, and we still. But we just. Cut, I cut the amount of malt that we that was using, and the amount of hops that we're using, and just made it a lot more, more practical. Um, and then yeah, and it's and it's worked. I mean, it's been well received. So I was obviously obviously made the right decision with it. So yeah, it's just trying to make things so they just flow better through. The, you know, you've got to as a brewer, as much as you want to brew really interesting beers all the time, you've also got to make beers that are are easy to get in and out of the system. Um, and yeah, you know, you don't want nine nine different malts in a beer if you're only using a kilo of a malt because then that malt bag sits around. So just these sort of business decisions you have to make as well as being a brewer. That makes you, can't, it you can't make everything massive and crazy or nah. full of full of adjunct. No, nah, and people don't want that either. Yeah, it's also good when you um, make those sort of streamlined decisions, and then it turns out that the beer is probably tasting better than it ever has. So, hmm. yeah, like I said, like if I'd made all these changes and the beer wasn't well received, then yeah, then I'd be second guessing myself. <laughs> but yeah, the beers have all been well received, so I was like, well, I'm obviously doing something right with them. Speaking of well-received beers, uh, Luke and I are both drinking Power Stance. Um, tasting unbelievable. It's tasting really good. How, yeah. how fresh would this be? Oh, look, the thing with the Power Stance now is... So go back, like I said, we actually give it eight weeks. So it's an eight-week 
lagering, we don't rush it and all that sort of stuff, which when we first brewed it, it was going to be a one-off, pretty, mm. uh, pretty much a one-off. But it got really well received, so then we brewed a bit more and then, you know, powers the beady side, let's bowl it, um, which is fine, but I still said I'm still not going to rush it out. It's mm. not going to be go from eight weeks to become a three-week one because we're producing more of it. So what's, what that allows us to do is it's always fresh. So mm. basically as soon as we keg it off, goes out to trade and it's gone. So we're, there's always a slight lag time. But where we started off with one small tank of it, we've now always got at least three tanks. So a new batch will come through every two to three weeks to try and keep sort of a supply chain sort of excellent filled as good as we can. So it's an, always fresh. It's I always read an fresh. article um, and you answered a question in it and said that you'd like to be known for brewing a great Pilsner. Uh, is that also part of the reason why it's hung around a little bit? No, no, look, it's, uh, I guess I just like looking at styles of beer that are actually really hard to make well and make consistently well. Um, and I think I think Pilsners are. I think there's not a lot of craft. There's not, I don't think of anyone else who's probably doing a craft Pilsner who actually leaves it for eight weeks. Um, there are some good craft Pilsners around, but it's not a style that people really put a lot of effort into. So... You know, just like there's brewers who just specialise and want to do big hoppy IPAs and all that. Be you know really known. For, I'd love, you know, I'd love for this beer to, you know, to get big and you know win awards and all that sort of stuff and be recognised for someone who can do a really good craft craft pilsner. Well, I reckon it might because it tastes like stylistically bang on. It tastes like a German pilsner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you have you entered this in the AIBAs this year? Yeah. Yeah. We had this. Year. We ended it last year. Um, so I think it was the first batch we did. We ended in the AIBAs last year and it got picked up silver. Um, there was one gold medal which went to Truma. Right, okay. And then we got the silver and there was a couple of bronze. So basically we got second with this beer last year, the AIBAs. Um, a couple bo- of years ago, two brothers got the gold, got a gold yeah. for it with the taxi. So yeah. mm, probably good to see. Yeah, so it's... Um, being really represented, yeah. Yeah, and no, look, it's, like I said, it's been really well received and everyone that's tried it has you know, really complimented it well. Mm. So it's... Um, um, so is it just Pilsner malt and German yeah, hops? Absolutely. It's 100% Pilsner, German Pilsner malt. Um, the German hops we use are Pearl or Pearl A for uh, bittering and then Spout. So GR Select or Spout is the more the aromatics sort of hops. Um, yeah, Spout's one that doesn't get – it's not a widely used hop, but I think it just gives it a real nice little spiciness to the beer. And then it's just German German yeast, German uh, Pilsner yeast. The the Stefan strain and that's it. Just so it's it is what it is. It's just true to style, and you know we do step mashing as well, which we're lucky enough to be able to do at our brewery. So that probably helps as well. So it might people be people listening that don't know what a step mash is? Can you? Uh yeah. So basically, instead of mashing it at one temperature, which we do with most of our ales, at sixty five degrees. This one we mash it initially at forty six, uh, then we raise that to forty nine, up to fifty two, then up to sixty five. So that just helps break down the different um, proteins and like the amylase and all those sort of stuff as it goes up. Um, basically, I was, spoke to Frank, who was the head brewer at Weistefan, because when we brewed a beer with him here, I was lucky enough, you know, we became friends and emailed. And I, when I was going to brew a Pilsner, I emailed him and he gave me some advice on what sort of temperatures and all that to do, which is not a bad little person to have yeah, yeah. get some advice <laughs> it's, um, from. It's quite funny you mentioned it, because just before you came upstairs, when, we, when I had my first sip, I said to Luke, if I had this side by side with like a Weinstefan Pilsner, I'd, be, I'd think it's pretty much on point. So yeah. the fact that inspiration is drawn from it, the same year strain, I think it. Well, I guess that, I guess that's probably where I come from with my brewing. Is I'm not known as probably the most extreme brewer and doing all these massive, big, weird styles. But I also don't think I have to. I mean, Pilsners have been around for a long time, and the Germans have been doing them great. There's no point me trying to reinvent the Pilsner let's just do a really good interpretation of what they do I also Fantastic. think a lot of drinkers um, that get into uh, a good beer like this go on a cyclical t- uh, taste cycle so like if you're getting into really big hoppy extreme adjunct stout something like that eventually you can't just keep drinking that all the time uh, so you sort of want to settle back on something fun approachable easy and it's well made, and I think um, that's exactly where I am right now, actually, yeah. It's amazing. I was at the Two Metre Tall Showcase uh, at Carwin Sellers the other day, and it's amazing how quickly everyone went from tastings of the Two Metre Tall beers just straight to the Hawker's Pilsner yeah. and Pints. Um, like, that whole table went, you know, 
three or four beers. All right, I just want to fucking pill some. It's just now. not conducive um, to drinking all night. You got to hmm. change. At the end of the day, and then, you know, he's uh, once again comes back to being you know, a brewer and a businessman as well. It's like, well, you need to, you know, yeah, I'd love to brew all nine and a half, ten percent beers, but they don't pay my bills either. You know, like our bicycle beer. You know, it's any time and now the pills are they're the ones that allow me then to go and do something different and something weird and fun. But at the end of the day, the beer I generally go to is either the bicycle or the pilsner. You know, after being working the brewery all day, I just want something. I just want to sit yeah. down and drink That's and enjoy. That's the context it. that it makes perfect sense in. Mm. Um, so it's relatively recently been packaged. How's it going since uh, it's been going out to the market? Yeah, really good. Yeah, um, to the stage where we're sort of it's one of those things you want. We want to get it out there, but then we can't push it too hard again because of the time frame and how long it takes it's not like a beer i can just go that's all right we've run out i can, sm- I can yeah. smash another batch out in two weeks mm. it takes its time so it's a bit of a juggling act that we're learning at the moment you never know how a beer is going to be received once you put it out there and australians like we put the packaging out there then all of a sudden keg sales have taken off again you know like of really people and more and more people are going wow i want to i want a craft pilsner on tap mm. so we're getting a lot of love you know keg which are then all, of course comes back across the the packaging so that starts to increase and then it's a it's a cycle of just trying to balance the two out the best we can well i guess so many venues have got like a truma tap it'd be nice to see like just a local yeah absolutely absolutely. yeah Yeah. Mm. um the other uh, i guess the other end of the scale would be the the one-time ipa that you did for the first time in december was that yep 12 12 Um, 12 12, 12, no, 12, 15, sorry, yeah. 12, 12, 15, sorry. Yeah. 12, 12, 15. Yeah. Um, so, and that was a double IPA. What the? What was the ABV on that? That was? Uh, it was about 7.9. Yep. So, yeah, and that was, that was just something. That was a bit of fun. That was just something we decided to do and just you know, have a crack of that. And and what was, so double IPA, uh, I guess, um, it's a style that I don't know if a lot of Australian brewers get right. Yep. Um, but this version was, I guess, mostly clean malt. I'm pretty sure we've discussed on the podcast yep. how much yeah. we enjoyed it. Um, what was your approach for that one? Uh, once again, like it's it's doing a lot of research and finding out. I like I'll go okay. What are to me the best examples of a style? You know, what are people talking? And then really research those styles and find out. So you think of things like you know, you know Stone, obviously, are, you know, one of the best IPA producers in the world, sort of mm. thing. These and a lot of their their East Coast IPAs are. So West Coast IPAs are just Pilsner malt. Yep. Basically Pilsner malt and then dextrose. It's not supposed to be a malt. It's a mm. Double IPAs are about the hops. Mm. So you don't want... So I think the mistake some brewers make is they try to add a bit of malt mouthfeel. Mm. And oh. it's like, well, for a Double IPA, it's not what, not what you're trying to achieve. You're trying mm. to showcase American, big American hops. So that's why I went clean, crisp, malt bill, and then just let the hops do what they do what they need to do mm. and I do think at least top three but I'm trying to think of other ones at the moment I can't think of many Australian double IPAs that were better than that yeah that, that came along I think the maybe right L90 that was a Gabs oh, beer yeah. so you yep. can, I mean yeah there's not too many that I can think of immediately mm. yeah um, it came along at the right time for us I guess we were sort of talking a lot about it on the show yep. that clean yeah, pills at the time yeah. we were um, before that and since we yeah, were yes, talking about yeah. It, yeah but it's um, yeah it's crazy to me you know I you get a a West Coast that people are calling it West Coast IPA and it's coming out with a giant crystal malt yeah. chewy and and then as soon as the hops die off a little tiny fraction yeah. then it's over yeah, yeah. Um, and so look some of them are really good yeah. um, the mash straight up copycat I think you get that fresh it's, it's gorgeous um, but so are we going to see that one again yeah absolutely now look it will be will be released Every year on the twelfth, the twelfth. Right. So it's only going to be once a year. Once a year, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. the hint in the name, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to be. Um, there, the plan will be to do a bigger batch next year, yeah. so there will be more because it never didn't leave Victoria. Um, it was keg only, and yeah, so and it was all gone within a month. Basically, it was all gone. That was it. So we will be doing more. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can send a bit more, maybe to a few other states, and let them have a have a have a look at it. At will it. it be exactly the same? The malt bill, yes. The hops, who knows? I might muck around the hops a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a good thing. It's not a beer that has to be exactly the same every year. It can slightly Mm. change a bit. So, what were the hops this year? Uh, This year were the traditional what you'd expect from the big American ones: Centennial, Simcoe, Amarillo. Um, Just kept it pretty much straight, straight down the line. What you'd probably expect. Um, Yeah, but then yeah, there's obviously options of Citra, Mosaic, and all the other big American hops that you can Mm. add to it next year if I want to. Or I said it could be exactly. 
Who knows? <laughs> I'll worry about that when I have to brew it again. <laughs> when you have to brew it again, you say begrudgingly. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> were, you, were you happy with how it turned out? Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, I don't do test trials or anything. I just do recipes and go, you know what? I feel I know the brewery that I know what I'm going to get out at the end. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, probably about 90% happy with it. There's always room for improvement. So yeah, if you started hitting 100 all the time, where's the fun and where's the <laughs> well, growth? Well, yeah, I've always yeah. said if I ever produce a beer that I give 100 for, then I quit. Right. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so it's never going to happen. I'm never happy with my beers. You'd wonder what you're going to do next. You'd, uh, you'd quit and then be like, I need another job now. Yeah, well, exactly right. Yeah. Maybe I just... I don't know. I wouldn't know what I'd do if I didn't do this there. You, you mentioned um, knowing the brew house well. Yep. How long have you been brewing at Temple? Uh, nearly two and a half years now. <coughs> so, yeah, it's, it's flying, absolutely flying. Like I, it's a really nice brew house as well. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the ability to do step mashes and yep. all that kind of a thing. So, was there a learning curve for you to, to get used? Because you were Hargraves before Hargraves, Yeah, I spent six, six years at Hargraves. Hargraves Hill, you know, it's a great learning experience as well. Um, but obviously a lot more manual and probably not as much control over the beer as you do here um i guess the pressure here is there's no excuse for producing a bad beer out of this place because yeah you've got a lot of control um so yeah i think this is a great brewery to work in it's a little craft brewery it's a great little brewery and it's allowed us to do you know what i think some really consistent beers which i think is the most important thing now as a craft brewery it's not about putting out a one great beer it's about putting that great beer out five ten twenty thirty times is the key, and I think this brewery does allow us to do that. It's the, uh, I guess, the old saying of "nice trick, do yep. it again." Exactly um, right. Yeah, and you have to in this industry with so many new people coming in. You know, it's so competitive that you need the beer to be consistently good all the time. Well, that's almost the, um, I guess, leads us on to the sort of the beer garden out front now, which is still relatively new, I guess. Yep. Um, which wasn't always here, and the other thing that wasn't always here was these two big, well, more than two big apartment buildings. Yep across the road um, has that kind of helped the flow of people coming into absolutely this? I think it's a whole I guess when you know the new owners took over and I came across I guess we had there was different a it was first thing we did was we actually increased the capacity of the brewery we put new tanks in and more than doubled our capacity that was the first thing we had to do we thought well we need you need to sell more beer second thing is you need to get more people in the front and it needs to be more welcoming like as much as I like to call them the beer nerds and all that sort of stuff. As much as these guys and girls make a lot of noise and love drinking beer and love trying new beer, we also need to appeal to the non-beer craft beer drinkers to get them in here and go, okay, make them feel comfortable, not not intimidate them. I think some maybe craft beer venues and breweries and that can intimidate the non-people who come and go, I don't know anything about craft beer, I feel intimidated. So you've got to make sure everyone's welcoming because that's the only way you're going to train these people get the, or turn these people into craft beer lovers. So I think the beer garden sort of helps that as well. It's like a nice, relaxed atmosphere where people just sit down and relax and, you know, sort of try and make the whole thing like a lot more comfy, a lot more homely. And by sending more beer out the back door and getting the brand out there more brings more people back in. And that, so it's sort of like a cycle that we just have to slowly keep building. So it's working. We're definitely getting busier out the back and out the front. Um, so, yeah, no, looking good for us. You mentioned uh, one time we were chatting, there were people complaining about the smell. Was that? Oh, look, you always still get people coming in here, and like I'm not today, but generally, I'll, if I can on Saturdays, I like, I like to brew on Saturdays because I like people to come in here. It's all one thing to see the brew, but to hear it and smell it and all that. I think it's a great thing. But yeah, you always get people coming in and whinging about the smell. Like, oh god, it stinks. Yeah, these people probably live next door to McDonald's and have no problem <laughs> with the smell of McDonald's, but the smell of malt or hops is. It's probably, it's probably foreign to them because people don't understand where beer comes from. So, yeah. so. I, I just find it fascinating. Like, the brewery is, isn't old, but it, it predates these these apartment buildings, and yet people are uh, unhappy. Up. Yeah, they knew it was there when they moved yeah. in. It's, so maybe what? they didn't know, but they, 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 they could easily have known that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, it's almost the live music thing. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. It's the same thing. Have you um, brewed Midnight since you've been here? No. Not at all? No. No, I said the only... I. And look, we get, I get asked a lot about some of the old recipes. They're not my recipes. So, you know, I... I yeah, basically any time we're here, but they're established beers. So, yeah, but they've been changed. So, they feel like my beers yeah, now anyway. But the other ones, I don't think I need to relive the past. Hmm. You know, we've released the Pilsner, the Rye IPA, 
the American Stout. Um, we've done a few one-offs. We've got more one-offs coming up in the next two or three months that we're planning. So there's always going to be new things coming through. But they've got to be... When you take over a brewery, it's quite hard to... You can't drag what you had from the brewery you are at previously and bring that over. But you don't want to just reinvent what was already here. You, need, you want to put your own spin on it. So that's probably been the biggest challenge for me to make... The, like make my own make this place my own mm. which I feel it is now anyway I mean I've been here for two and a half years so mm. I pretty much feel I have done what I want to do looking forward to the future uh, what beers have you not brewed yet that you'd love to brew in the in this brewery um, look probably expect a lot more probably a lot more traditional European style beers um, yeah so expect a lot more Belgian stuff um, yeah a lot, probably a lot more German stuff as well um, mm. I think a lot of these styles are we just need to educate people about, mm. you know, show that beer doesn't have to be hoppy to be flavoursome or it doesn't have to be hoppy to be exciting. I think Luke's a great example of education <laughs> um, increasing your enjoyment and understanding and appreciation because you he's never interested in German beers really that much. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah until uh, you had to research them heavily Yeah, and then all of a sudden... Yeah. In a bit, a bit more, some more context. Well, yeah, I was never a huge fan of the sort of the big yeast, yeast profile. Yep. Um, even in some Belgian beers, yep. you know, the, the banana and clove, um, and so many, I guess, mo- mostly local versions of, of yep. German beers are just all banana. Yeah. Um, and it's just off putting to me. Yep. And yeah, doing a lot of research and reading about German beers um, and the history and the stories of them, mm. it gives it that context and how they came about. Yep. And then suddenly, you, I, I guess I got it more. Got, I'm at the belief that, I'm at the belief that any. Beer style done well is fantastic, yeah. but like we said, you know, you can get bad styles of any, like bad interpretations of any style. Mm. You know, so if that's the first one you have, you go, oh wow, I really don't like that. But when you try a good one, you go, actually, that's not a bad style. Yeah. I just need to make sure I find the good ones. Yeah, which isn't always easy. No, <laughs> no it's a lot to ask of um, sort of unconverted people if they've come across a bad example of something. It's not easy. To, it isn't an easy sell to go. Well, maybe you need to try just a couple of other ones and mm. see if it's a, a good version of that. Um, Particularly, yeah, if they're coming in from say Carlton Draft and they're paying suddenly twice the price and then it's gross or, or, or you know unpleasant to them, then they're just going to go back to. But, but I think it also comes down to us brewers and bar staff and all that. You know, of talking to the customer. Like, mm. Just because I just because oh, I love double IPAs. Someone walks in and go, "Oh, what beer should I have? Oh, I have a double IPA." If they usually drink Carlton Draft and you give them a double IPA, of course they're going to go. Almost guaranteeing that they're not going to buy a yeah, second beer at your Of course, quite they're going to. So you've got to talk to the people and go, okay, what do you normally do? We get people all the time coming, oh, you got Carlton Draft. No. So we always start them on the bicycle beer. Now, it is a bit more hoppy, but at least it's still not going to probably overpower them too, much, too extreme or put them onto the pill stuff. Something that people can go, okay, this mm. is all right. And then work them up. You've really got to talk. To, I think we've got to talk to our customers and talk to our potential, more potential customers, and edu- like anyone that we have to educate. Just just educate them through just finding out what they like. Um, and the tasting, they're not really paddles. The cradles yep, that you yep, guys have. Yep. Um, I think that that definitely is, is probably a great yeah, way. That absolutely. And you know, you don't expect people. To, I don't expect people to walk in here and try the five, you know, try five beers and love them all. But if they can find, they can try it and find one that they like. And then they sit there and go, okay, cool. I'll have a couple of pints of that. We've won. You know, I've learned a long time ago not to be offended if someone doesn't like my beers. You know, we don't all have the same taste. You know, like there's beer styles out there that I don't really love that other brewers absolutely crave. You know, it's just how it is. What beer styles don't you love? I'm probably, I'm probably not the, the biggest sour fan. You know, I know a lot. You know, I know sours are fashionable at the moment, but. I do like some sours, but some of the really intense sours, they don't do it for me at all. I don't mind a Berliner Weiss. You know, I quite, quite enjoy them, but it's not a style that I just go, wow, bang, there's a sour on tap. You know, would I go to a, a, a sour tap takeover? No, probably not. It wouldn't excite me. Even if you love it, that can be brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but saying that, I, whenever I judge, I generally get... I generally end up judging sours, or yeah. and I still know what a good sour is. Yeah, that's probably sour. not too bad, really. Yeah. In that case, you can, you can really be um, yeah. critical, uh, objective without falling in love yeah. with whatever you're. And I guess that's yeah. sort of where the the one thing about the industry that sort of you know people will drink you know a sour or might be a barrel aged thing or might be something massively like a you know, double IPR and people go, oh that's 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 amazing, and you sit there and go, well actually no it's not, but just because it it's a flavour of the month, it's 
people and I think that's more of the education. Friday night, Saturday night, yeah. social media, I'm just judging everyone. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it yeah. good? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no comment on that. Um now let's talk about the I guess the crazy barrel aged sour beer um with Gab's festival coming up, which is kind of the I guess the festival that everyone tries and does the craziest thing or Yep. Most people do. Um, you're doing a Gabs beer this year. What are we, you? We what certainly are. Um, and once again, this comes down. You just talked about being stupid and crazy and all that sort of stuff. And once again, we've gone traditional. Excellent. We've gone. We've we've actually we've actually done a Belgian triple. Oh, awesome. Um, and once again, I mean, I get asked. I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get asked a lot about this. Is oh, what else? What else did you add to it? Nothing. It's just a pure traditional Belgian triple. I think although Gabs is an opportunity for us. To experiment it's also just an opportunity for us to do a beer that we haven't done before um i think it's also like a it's a concentrated uh example of the industry so i think that what happens people get excited about these big crazy beers like an industry in its infancy but then uh, before too long just good well-made examples of less crazy beers become more and more um approachable and popular at these sorts of events because mm. when you have a paddle of five or if you have two paddles and you have ten extremely flavoured beers it just gets lost yeah and I think some of the big winners well for me I know for you as well over the last couple of years have been pretty stylistically I guess the other, yeah, the other beers, thing yeah. that I think of is for those three days or three days in Melbourne what is it one in Sydney and one in Auckland yeah everyone's raving and loving those beers as soon as those beers go on tap around venues, no one wants to drink them. Yeah, mm. I don't. There's I don't. I don't want a full glass of a chocolate it, imperial stout. Yeah, no. exactly right. That's a eighty-five mils or whatever it is is yeah. maximum yeah. for that yeah. beer. Yeah. So I guess you know, for us again, we've got to think. Yeah, you know, we've got to. We're going to be producing thirty kegs, so we're going to have twenty kegs left over that we need to be able to sell. Yeah. Are you going to have a stall as well as? Yeah, we'll have a stall. Yeah, we have a stall there every year, sort of thing. But you know, because I think that's where the winners of people that um, brew. Uh, regular beers is yep. a bad term, but more stylistic beers. I think that's where they get points on the board is when people that have tasted the beer can get a full glass of it yep. and get the proper yep. uh, experience of a full beer. Um, mm. It's a good focus group for people. That's actually an interesting point. Um, so last year, Hendo won with the milk and two milk sugars. And, two sugars yep. yeah. and he had a stand last year. And in terms of like Gab's beers, there was a couple that were really good for that 85 mil yep. that I thought were just hands and yep. winners but they didn't have stalls so I'm wondering if there's a you know they could Definitely. also go and meet Hendo no and doubt about it yeah and other um, ones get lost like um, a couple of years ago now the one that uh, what was that Brett Saison that we loved was that uh, Stillwater yeah Stillwater did one yeah I mean you could get lost in 85 mils of that yeah and it'd be like unremarkable or it'd be lost because your palate's muted over the whole palate. Mm. But a glass of that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was a really good beer. Um, where did you get your cues from for the triple? Was there a one that you looked to to recreate? Um, yeah, look, I guess a lot of people, I mean, I've always loved triples. That's, that's always something's always. Um, but so I sat down and drank, you know, things like, as you do, the Duvel and the Shimei and um, we had... West Mall, and we tried like Triple Carmelite, which I love. I think that's you know that's one of my favourite you know, go-to beers or things. So yeah, you just go and try a whole bunch of them, and then sort of go, okay, what are these? What are these like fresh? I mean, there's always the issue when you buy them here in Australia, just getting them fresh. And then once again, it's back to doing that research again, just going, okay, another style I want to do. Can I? How close can I replicate this? You know, you, you know try and replicate it the best you can. Um, yeah, there's some things we're going to be doing different. We're not going to be bottle conditioning, and um, we don't bottle condition here, so that's you know, that's going to be obviously a little bit different. Um, but you know, we'll see how we go. It's um, yeah, as, as I said, I think with my thing with Gab's beer is, yes, you can be crazy, but it's got to be a beer as a brewer you'll still want to drink. Now, I don't want to produce any beer that comes out here that I don't like or I don't want to drink. So there's no point chucking rhubarb and stuff in a beer that I go, I'm never going to drink this again. <laughs> Um, and also triple isn't it's still not a, a style that you see regularly in Australia anyway, right? No, I, I can't I can't think of many Australian breweries who do A, do a triple or B, definitely do a triple well. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, that's once again, it's trying to bring these... I think we sometimes forget about true styles sometimes. Can you think of any? 
I can think of Lacerine, the wild version. There's Lacerine. I think one, um, was a little, little, little brew oh, company yeah, up in... Oh, yeah, fair enough. Port oh, yeah. Port yeah. Macquarie. No, yeah. Yeah, I know they do Their so. version was really good for yeah, them, right? It's yeah, been a while. But, yeah. I don't think I've ever had it, but it was always well received, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, their beers, I always overlook them, and every time I have them, I'm like, shit, this is actually yeah. pretty on point for what's yeah, going Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't really think of a lot of... Well, I can't think of anyone who's actually produces one regularly. No. So I guess when you're looking at gas beers, it's still going to be a... A unique beer in that in that yeah. sense, um, not kind of like yeah. I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to do a pale ale, but I had to do something <laughs> that's still traditional to me, still traditional and something I want to drink. You can think of uh, Martin Townsend from um, Townsend's New Zealand, and he yep. always just comes up with a an English pale or yep. an English mild. Yeah, um, but like such as his want that he pretty much forced them to have a. Hand pump at yeah. every. <laughs> he yeah. did a cask beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his beers get overlooked, but they're always fucking They're always stunning. on point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's probably. You're probably going to win the, the beer geeks over that are ready for a. Yeah. Oh, no. you, never, you never know if these are. You never know if Gabs, how it's going to. Hmm. What people are going to want or who's going to be there or who bothers voting or who knows. Like, it's yeah, just. Yeah. It's, <laughs> such a, it's, it's for, for us, it's just more to getting out and it's just more of a social thing, more yeah. of talking to people. And I guess we're lucky that, you know, being as close as we are. Yeah, encouraging them people to jump on a tram and head up to our venue and definitely yeah, get up here and try all the beer. So good point. Um, speaking of that time, what about Good Beer Week? Have you got plans for that? Yeah, we've got. I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, we have an event here. We have uh, we did it last year. We're doing it again, which is our uh, Swing Low Sweet Chariot, which is our five course degustation, but it's only desserts. Hmm. So it's five desserts matched with five of our beers. Oh yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, so uh, most people want to skip. The savoury stuff and get straight to dessert. So we did that last year, went really well. So we're doing that, holding that again here, and then we've got a few other little events that we're doing around the place. Cool. Couple Are of there them. still tickets for Swing Low Sweet Chariot? Yes, yeah, we've still got. Which some day t- is it? Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure to just put if a it sounds good to anyone. I yeah, yeah. I'd just mention the details. I'll yeah. put a link in our show notes. To yeah, to I that. sort of just um, pretty much get told where to go, yeah. <laughs> where to be when. That's pretty much how I sort of operate. So, um, and we're, also do, we're doing the Mega Degger this year as well. So, oh, cool. on the, is that the Saturday night oh, awesome. Gabs. Yeah, we're doing the Mega Degger as well, awesome. which, be, which That's be good. always a marquee event, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd always sell that every year. So Craft & Co this year, I believe. Yeah, Craft & Co. So, I think it was us, Craft & Co. I think Pirate Life are involved. Mm, cool. Is the Yeasty Boys or Garage Project, one of those? Maybe Garage Project. Garage, Garage Project, Project yeah. yeah. Just rings a bell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no, it should be. That'll should be, be a great good. night, actually. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. cool. Should be a fun night as well. Um, Dave, do you have any anything else you wanted to ask? Oh, I just wanted to touch on um, previous life brewing at Hargreaves Hill. Could you mention that uh, one of the things you appreciate here is having known the brew house, what you can do with it, consistencies. Uh, um, if you want to make a great beer, five, ten, fifteen, infinite amount of times, consistency is key. In the middle of your tenure at um, Hargrove's Hill was Black Saturday. And after that, you were brewing all over the place, weren't you? Yeah, well, that was hard. I mean, yeah, so obviously I was at Hargrove for six months before Black Saturday right. hit. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so while we were in the process of then rebuilding the new brewery, yeah, we brewed mainly down at Red Hill. But then we brewed, we actually did the first brew at White Rabbit at Hillsville. And that was only purely because they just wanted... 600 litres of wort to do a yeast propagation. Mm. So we did right. a batch there. We brewed at Mountain Goat, and then I did quite a bit of brewing at uh, Ballarat Uni as well. Right. Because mm. I remember that at the, t- like, at the time, Hargrave Cell definitely, it, it, as much as they were a Yarra Valley brewery mm. and like they got around the grounds a bit, but you didn't see them everywhere, they had a reputation for their beers and people knew them and what to expect there. And if you're brewing in all these different brew houses, how did you work with trying to recreate consistent beers I in different... Well, what we try to do is we pretty much... We, we When, after Black Saturday, we had... The three beers we've also... The beers we had before that were... We had the Pale Ale, the Hefeweizen, the Porter... ESB and the ESB. as well. Yeah. So what we did then, we went, okay, the ESB... Were, we pretty much just did one keg product after that, which was the ESB. So we did the ESB. All the ESB was done down at Red Hill. So we could at least consistently make that sure, beer consistent. Okay. Hmm. Then we did pale ale in packaging, and we did that through Mountain Goat and White Rabbit. And then up at the Ballarat Uni, it was more one-offs. So that was just more to fill the taps at the restaurant. So we sort of went, okay, ESB will just be here, pale ale will just be here. So yeah, Hefeweizen wasn't made 
for you know, six months or eight months while we got the new brewery up and running. Uh, neither was the uh, the porter. The porter actually never came back. Yeah, the, I was just thinking that. Porter never came back. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that we just decided when at the time. So you just got to make these sort of decisions and go. We knew we could never keep up with demand and keep everyone happy when we we're trying to brew everywhere else. Just try and do what you can, but at guess, least yeah. try and keep some bit of cash flow coming in while we set up the new brewery. But also, while you're trying to get something else off the ground, like it must have been like just a logistical nightmare and extra cash required to move it around places. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean. I know, I so definitely brewing at you know, Ballarat Uni. I mean, I was up at four in the morning to get up to Ballarat Uni by six, and then you know, drive back. And then I, some day, then I'd have to drive up ten days later just to chuck some hops in, just to dry hops up, and then drive back again. All right, so there's those those sort of things were really, you know, that, there's a lot of driving, a lot of time, but we had to do what we had to do. Yeah, so. fair enough. Yeah, I guess it's good to have your own home, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's good to know that I'm coming <laughs> here all the time, and just yeah, that's the one thing that I. Yeah, you know, that I'm thankful for that. You know, we actually own a brewery. You know, like, you know, you know, these gypsy brewers and these contract brewers is, you know, God love them. I, I couldn't do it. Mm. I just love ha- actually having my own brewery and knowing mm. that I can control what I can control. So, it's probably a good note to finish on. Yeah, I love um, to end on a tragic, tragic event. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, no, more, more about having his own home. Yeah, yes. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks so much for your time. No, we'll no, you, uh, we always appreciate there. it. To cleaning some kegs. They're looking dirty down there. Yeah, I've only got another, what's that, 20 odd to go, so yeah, we'll cool. get there. <laughs> All right, Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Welcome back. This is an extra dangerous uh, recommendation section because we're on our last battery bar. Ooh. It is very, very oh. low. Oh, um, let's go for some recommendations. I was going to tell a story, but it was useless. So was I, it? Yeah. Oh, all the ones I've told today have been oh, so no. utilitarian. <laughs> go on, yeah. <laughs> it was worse. I'll turn you off, Mike. All right, go on. Um, give me a recommendation, Dave. All right. What do you want? A beer one or a non? At least one? do beer first. Oh, I get why. Okay. Um, I'm going to re- recommend one that if you uh, are on the internet, you have already heard this from everybody, mm. but. Uh, I like to jump on coattails. And I actually did drink this before I heard anyone mention anything. It just appealed to me. But the Magic Rock Brewing uh, Grapefruit Pale Ale. It's got a name like High Rider or something like that. Bright Orange Can? It's either orange or green. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because okay. I, I got that and the Cannonball IPA. And Grape, grapefruit would be orange, right? Th- that seems like a weird assumed <laughs> colour for it. Anyway. Um, but they're cans. They are probably... Due to the, uh, due to the packaging being cans like bottles, they're the best Magic Rock beers that I've ever tasted. Even though the the other one's a ghost, that's not really that subject to yep. um, the packaging changing it too much. They still taste as beautiful. Uh, check them out. But the grapefruit pale is what it says. It's a pretty clean, pretty uh, simple pale ale. But there's a heap of grapefruit flavor in there, and it's really, really nice. So if you see it on shelves, grab it. It's only just come out, I think, as well. So yeah, and that's um, off mic. We we're talking about you texted me and told me how good it was, yeah. and then I saw maybe four or five people on social media just fucking saying the same thing. Yeah, so I think it's just arrived. Delicious though. Like uh, if anyone's tried grapefruit sculpin, uh, it's different in the sense that. Um, the sculpin is what is the important part of that beer, and there's a bit of grapefruit in there. This is all about grapefruit. So grapefruit sculpin, I think they don't disclose what they put in there in terms of how they get the grapefruit. Right. But I think it's some sort of grapefruit essence. Right. And have you tasted it? Yeah, I have, yeah. And I, yeah, I thought it was a little bit uh, syrupy okay. or sweet. No, this doesn't taste syrupy at all. Um, I think also because it's a pretty clean pale ale-based um, beer Yeah. that um, it probably makes more sense as a grapefruit beer but it's very grapefruit it's like if you're thinking of um, well like just for example I also tried the Bosco IPA the Moondog yes. grapefruit cucumber IPA oh yeah um, that's a much less prevalent grapefruit flavour and very like cucumber forward so uh, in contrast this is a huge hit of grapefruit on a just a clean pale ale but it's delicious so if you see it grab it excellent Good recommendation. I, I might even go grab one um, across the road. What here beer wreck will you throw at us? Uh, 
stomping ground yet to be open brewery um, from the local tap house crew. Uh, I th- it's kind of been an open secret for a while now. Going to be in Collingwood. Yeah, I think for here in Melbourne. Maybe the last. I don't want to say six months, but maybe six months. Was it accidentally announced by Crafty, I think? Uh, Possibly, but what I mean is that they've had like a beer or two on their tap list for maybe six months. So this was the IPA batch two? Oh, gorgeous. Really Really good, yeah. yeah, um, I enjoyed the... Was it just the pale? Whatever the the other one is. They got a dark. Maybe it was a dark, actually. Yeah, yeah. because we we went there last week and uh, drank a couple of beers and uh, I tried both of them. They were both pretty delicious. Yep, and the IPA was... Um, you've probably just heard us talking about IPAs with Glenn. Yep. A similar, similar vein of that. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting open opening. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the local Tap House guys. They have gabs. They've got a yeah, lot on their plate. Like a lot of hands-on um, ventures that they're launching. But if they anyone knows about Stephen Guy, they, they're going about things the right way. So And um, they, I mean, Tap House is... Probably one of the first craft venues in Australia. Definitely one of the... Maybe only predated um, by the Weedy? Crucial. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. I think so, but um, crucial part of the industry. It's good to see them making this step. Yeah. So, yeah, get get excited, get interested in that. They're doing a whole bunch of collabs for Good Beer Week as well. I think Garage Project, Stone and Wood, so... They've got that many connections. They're going to be making some fun, fun beers. Definitely, uh, yeah. Non-beer, Dave, go. Uh, non-beer, I'm going to say get yourself, if you are uh, getting your meals for the week sorted out mm-hmm. and you're looking at getting some bit of steak, who doesn't love a bit of steak? Vegetarians. True. They still love it, they just pretending they, they, they love it, but they don't have it, yeah. Um, go with kangaroo. Where do you get your kangaroo, Dave? Uh, depends who has it. I've got a local butcher that gets it. And not off, not not a lot of it. So I'll go in, and they won't have any. But uh, the macro arm of Coles, I think it's Coles mm-hmm. or Wool- Woolworths. Maybe it's Woolworths. Whatever the macro is, they pretty regularly um, hold kangaroo products. So uh, if I can't get what I want from a local butcher, I'll get it from there. Um, it's de- not only is it delicious, it's like the second best uh, meat you can eat health wise. Yeah. So it's lean. It's very, very lean. Um, it's a giant uh, rate. Like, it's a giant rate of protein to energy. So, for the amount of protein you get, it's not many calories at all. For those people watching their waistlines. Um, and it's delicious. Yeah. You prepare it with a bit of salt and pepper on, on the grill, you are laughing. Uh, there's also a recipe up on the Alibur Time website. For a kangaroo curry, uh, which I think you came up with this recommendation independent of that recipe. So, yeah, it's yeah, hot right now, kangaroo. So, yeah, delicious. Uh, it's such a good meat. Like I don't like. I mean, people give us shit in Australia that we eat our coat of arms, but if you had a delicious coat of arms, you would do it as well. Yeah, you're probably from a country that's got a shitty coat yeah, of arms exactly. that you don't eat. Like in New Zealand, kiwis. You don't eat a kiwi. They're no. all bony, t- yeah. tiny bones. You have you name a fruit after it, and you have the fruit. Yeah. You don't want to eat a, if you're in Sri Lanka. You don't want to eat a lion because the th- risk associated with getting that meat is giant. It'll shut down your dental practice. It will. <laughs> it will. Cecil. Um, <laughs> Good work, Cecil. So to, to to go along with your kangaroo, Dave. Um, I'm going to recommend a vegetable, uh, which is kohlrabi. Nice. Which I think is used a lot in American cooking. Um, I know it is used in Southeast Asian cooking as well, so you can get it at sort of Southeast Asian-y markets around here. Just for context, last Friday, Luke prepared a delicious uh, beef rib curry. Was it a curry? Or like a, just a More stew? Like a, chili. a chili, yeah. yeah. Uh, for us to enjoy while we ate some beers and accompanied that with some kohlrabi pickled mm. was delicious. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. It's a really good vegetable. Um... And we had it actually with kangaroo the other day, uh, my girlfriend and I, and she lightly pickled it with some apple and some tomatoes or something. It was delicious. It's a re- it was like $2 for a, a bulb. It's almost maybe bigger than a fennel, but looks similar to a fennel. And uh, a bulb is plenty. Yeah. yeah. Get some kohlrabi, um, maybe pickle it. I think you can make a remoulade with it. Uh, I've seen it used in curries or stews. I think it's going to be the sleeper. 2016's sleeper vegetable sauce. Yep, yeah, definitely. Get out you heard kale. It here first, yeah. Get out kale. Get out cauliflower, which is the You know hot what? Thing. You know what? 
Kohlrabi doesn't get stuck in your teeth like kale does. I'm sick of annoying vegetables. Kale, get out. I quite like kale chips. Well, I guess if you bake them like that, yeah. they won't get stuck in your teeth, will they? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, where can we find you on social media? You can get me uh, at uh, Melba Dave on Twitter and Instagram. And I guess you can get me on email if you want to get any hot takes or cold hard facts through to the show uh, at dave at com. We also have Facebook, which mm. is becoming a good source of... Um, well, just a pretty strong social media uh, point for us at facebook.com forward slash ale of a time. Luke, where are we finding you? I don't care about anything else. Give me the Snapchat details. Uh, at ale of a time or go to the website aleofatime.com and there's a little snap code. You oh, is snap there? that within Snapchat and it will take you right to my profile. How convenient. Yeah, oh, yeah it's a great social media platform. Mm. It's the kohlrabi of social media. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> please rate us on iTunes. Please? Once you've eaten kohlrabi, it's gone in like ten seconds. Yeah. So that's pretty much that's pretty accurate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, at Alva Time, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, thank you to Toe Hider for our music. Always. Um, Those Temple. sweet jams are always through. We'll Toe put all the links Hider. to Temple. I can't off the top of my head know where they are on Couple, social media. No, they're all they're on. They are yeah, on Twitter. Well. I can't remember the They're on Twitter. So. I think it might be Temple Brewing. I'll put the links yeah, up. They'll yeah, they'll be there. Check out their Good Beer Week events that we've already discussed previously. Um, and not, and not a very fun fact about Temple. Go on. Their website, you, there's a photo of the, the front page of a crowd in their top bar. Right. We're in that photo. Are we? Yep. That's not that fun. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's interesting at yeah. least. I don't know. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Bye. See ya.